Welcome to the Adventure Mechanic side quest, and it's only going to be me, Chandler, today. This is going to be a mini-series where I look at some of the grittier parts of game design. It's also going to be a form of accountability for me as I take a game from prototype to a more fleshed-out game, ready for release. I have been a hobbyist game developer for quite a while now, and I need to kick myself in the ass to get a project past the prototype phase and actually, you know, publish something. So for this miniseries, I'll be taking one of my prototypes I made for a game jam and fleshing it out to make a complete game. So where do we start? Well, if you haven't done something like this, the first step is planning. It's not the sexiest part of game design, but if you approach it with creativity, you can end up with something great. This first step is going to be coming up with a workable idea. How do you come up with a concept? Well, you can peruse through old game jam themes for inspiration, or go looking into an existing game design for your game. The most important part to keep in mind, however, is how much you can realistically make. If you're a solo developer and want to make your magnum opus, be prepared for the years of work that it will take, despite it, quote, just being a copy of that sweet MMO, battle royale, whatever you want to build, unquote. The games you're using as a rubric had many developers, each likely with more experience than you. Oh, as a side note, if you've actually uh, made and published a game, and for some reason are listening to this podcast, uh, I would love to hear your experience, and who knows, maybe interview you if you're willing to. Moving on, the prototype I'll be using for this is an entry I made for OMG Jam 6, about mapping the world around you. For those of you who are unfamiliar with OMG Jam, it's a jam run by Taylor and Rhett of Game Devs Quest. Um, the theme for this particular jam was cards, campfire, and cartography. My entry for it was called The Mapper. This was my first solo entry in any game jam, despite participating in roughly about a dozen uh, before entering this one. I didn't get nearly far enough to really test out the concept that I wanted to, so I'm going back to it this time and working on getting the prototype more fleshed out. I feel like there's a good game in this idea, and I want to spend some more time working on it to see if I can suss something out that's entertaining. For the purposes of this pre-production, I'm giving myself a month to get the prototype out. Here's what I have planned for the game so far. So, the idea behind it is, you are a cartographer that has arrived at a small frontier town in need of your services. Problem is, you haven't mapped the area out yet. You need to set out on expeditions in the wildlands around the town, making sure that you mark all the areas of interest and you can bring enough supplies while you're doing these expeditions to survive out there. With your hard inf information gathered, you can then help the town thrive. But be careful not to put yourself out of business. The townsperson who has the whole map that you created won't need to come back to you for your services again. You have bills to pay, after all. The Mapper is a top-down exploration game where the player must manually create a world map and sell portions of it to make ends meet. The cartographer's office needs to be maintained and the player needs to be fed, creating that tension of getting the town the supplies it needs while not giving away too much information where the townspeople no longer need you. To further flesh out the Mapper, I'm going to be formalizing the gameplay loops that I'm envisioning for it, at least for this prototype. What's a gameplay loop? A gameplay loop describes what the player will be doing during a typical game session or series of game sessions. 
The primary gameplay loop describes, at the lowest level, the repetitive task that the player will be doing. For example, in Diablo and its clones, the primary gameplay loop is kill a monster, pick up loot, sell loot that isn't of value to the player. There are more loops to Diablo, of course, but the primary gameplay loop can be condensed down to that. Any gameplay loop that builds on top of the primary loop can be either a secondary or tertiary gameplay loop. In the Diablo example, a secondary gameplay loop is to navigate to a given location, collect an item, and return it to a townsperson, i.e. the quest. There can be many secondary gameplay loops, but it's important to define all of the gameplay loops that you want to implement beforehand, or as you think of them. For this mapper prototype, I'm aiming to get the primary and secondary gameplay loops ready. For the primary gameplay loop, I'm envisioning something like buying supplies for an expedition, then going out into the world outside of town, noting where things of interest are on a map that you carry with you that you're going to manually fill out, and then returning to town before the expedition supplies run out. So for a secondary gameplay loop, I'm planning to do something like this. The player will go to the cartographer's office, select a quest or resources needed um, from the list of uh, townspeople that need resources, then they will open their map up, select the tiles or path of tiles from the map from the town to the goal, and then press complete. Now, what happens beyond that secondary loop is the townsperson will then take the path of the, the map that the player gave and go try to collect resources. If the townsperson returns, they go back into the queue of the available to gather resources pool. If they come back with the resources they need, the cartographer or the player will get a few extra resources, or in this case, money. There'll be other gameplay loops that I want to implement in this game, such as updating the map to inf reflect improvements, evading predators, and collecting supplies in the wilderness. But this will be enough for the first prototype. I only have a month to finish this after all. Once you have your idea, come up with the absolute basics of your design. What are the controls of your game? Are you going to be using existing conventions, such as the traditional FPS health packs or regenerating health? How do you expect the player to interact in your world? Write down these basics of what you want the player to do or feel. This is the most important part of coming up with a design. Once you have that, any feature you consider adding will have to either be in service of your initial design or you'll have to adjust the design itself to uh, accommodate that added feature. This step ends up forcing you to consider the game holistically, not just at the moment what feels right. So this will force you to check yourself before adding any game features impulsively and getting yourself into a cursed problem. Uh, cursed problem is where two features that you have or want to have are fundamentally incompatible. Um, I will link to a uh, GDC speech in the notes for those who are curious about that a little bit further. In the mapper, I'll be breaking the, up the game into two different parts. The meat space, where the player controls the avatar and moves throughout the world, and the map space, where players will interact and generate the map that they're going to use later. With the meat space, I'm planning on it having control similar to the Legend of Zelda, where one hand controls the movement of the player and the other interacts with the world in some fashion. I plan on having support for both a controller and a mouse and keyboard. I'm not envisioning 
the player needing more than, let's say, four buttons for interacting with the world. As the player moves around in the wilderness, they'll see interesting features. These features will be of four different types. Landscape, such as forests and rivers. Resources, such as berry-filled glades or a good fishing spot. Fauna, such as fowl, deer, or bears. And improvements, such as abandoned towns or roads. It is up to the player to notice and note where they will find these features on the map. There will also be hazards in the world that the player will have to deal with, but I don't intend to have any real way for the player to permanently deal with the flora or fauna hazards. To that end, the player will not have an attack or anything that will be used to aggressively approach the hostile fauna. I envision that the player will be able to carry equipment, however, to placate or distract the fauna, allowing the player to get away. These may pl be placed in a context menu or basic inventory. I haven't decided on which yet. For the map space, I plan on having the primary interface to be selecting map tiles and either adding or removing features from it. Whatever control scheme used for the meat space will be mirrored in the map space. That means if the player chose to use a controller, the map space interface will accommodate the controller. That also means the map space navigation will have to be flexible enough to accommodate either input method. The controller setup will focus on moving, highlighting, and selecting tiles. The keyboard and mouse combination will work similarly, but will not force the player to have a highlighted tile, as the mouse is a little bit more flexible than the con controller. While exploring, the player will be able to open up the map at any time and select a tile to add or remo remove features. This interface will not highlight the tile that the player is currently occupying, but rather highlight the last tile modified. I don't want the player to use inappropriate clues from the map to verify its accuracy. The entire point of this game is making a map, not necessarily filling out the map. So when selling information, the, there will be a few points. The player will have a requirements shown somewhere on the screen, and then they will choose either a path or just a goal tile of where the townsperson is supposed to go. The idea being that you will want to send the person through fewer tiles or less hazardous tiles to get to what they need. Um, notice how I didn't mention anything about technology when I used to describe the basics of my interface beyond basic input device support. This step will come after you've come up with your design. Pre-existing game design engines are great, but some are better at some things and over others, and your design will guide you towards an engine, language, or whatever that is best suited for your idea. If your concept comes with an existing prototype like mine, great! The choice of what to make it in is that much easier. Otherwise, you'll need to consider what you're most comfortable with or are willing to learn versus the capabilities of the engine that you're looking at. In my case, the mapper game jam that I submitted was done in Pygame. Pygame is a simple engine that controls the input device and has basic capabilities of drawing to a screen. Nothing else, really. I chose to continue in Pygame because it was A, what I was most comfortable with, and B, had enough capabilities for my purposes. I could have used a more feature-rich engine, such as Unity, Godot, Unreal, GameMaker, whatever, but I wanted to push myself to really know what was going on in the engine. I didn't want to have e easy access to those extra features that were already coded, so I'm forced to work them out, because those are interesting problems to me. That's why I ended up settling on Pygame once again. One last thing I want to talk about, especially when it comes to pre-production, 
is creating a timeline. On larger projects, this will fall into project managers, who hopefully know what the capabilities and limitations of their team are. On a hobby project like this, however, that falls on me. So I need to keep realistic goals in mind, breaking it down to accomplishments or milestones that I can achieve in a short time frame, such as a week or two. This isn't the time for optimistic projections. I know that I'm a flawed human, so I need to, I need to account for that in whatever timeline that I put. This is what I'm going to be using to keep myself accountable. So I built some padding into it, um, acknowledging that, yes, I will have work outside of this, and I will need to keep myself sane uh, beyond just this and socialize. So I didn't want to set myself up for failure, so I added a little bit of leeway for each milestone that I put, uh, making sure that I won't fall behind and potentially set myself up for that rolling failure. In this case, um, I broke my progress down to milestones that are on a week-by-week basis. I'm only doing this in my spare time, so breaking it down further wasn't going to help me. I can't work on this every day, so I need to think a little bit further out. I also chose a week length since I find that I will put off tasks that have longer timelines. So for the next month, I gave myself a series of milestones to push myself to achieve. By the time the next episode of the Adventure Mechanic side quest comes out, I'll have a prototype ready along with another topic to discuss as I push myself to get this game out. Thank you for listening to this rather rambly podcast. As always, if you have any thoughts, questions, or feedback, reach out to me at jccuron on Twitter. This has been the Adventure Mechanic Side Quest. I'll be talking to you next time. Bye.